Hey family, this is Javer Fitzbogle and I am the creative director of the Detox Movement Global Ministries and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope that it blesses you. We hope that it challenges you and we hope that it encourages you to see that God is moving in your life. So come grow with us and enjoy the message. What is going on, everybody? How are you doing? Y'all, let's get Welcome, 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 y'all. Everybody, welcome, man. I'm so excited. Welcome to Bible Study. God is doing so much in this ministry. We have been diving into so much here at the Detox Movement Global Ministries. And TDM, I'll tell you, we are proud. We're so proud to see what God is doing. We are so proud to see what the Lord has been building in us, what God has been building through us. And what I tell you, it has been a supernatural move of God. Every single step has been strategically put in place to see how God has had a plan for us, man. I'm telling you, I'm so blessed to be a part of this. Welcome. This is your first time. I'm Javer Fitzbogle. I'm the creative director of the Detox Movement Global Ministries, and this is our Bible study. We meet here every single week online across the world and also here in person, different platforms and everything at the Detox Movement. I'll tell you guys, it's been awesome, man. If y'all been enjoying yourself, man, let us know in the comment section. I would love to know how you guys are doing. And when I tell you that God has been moving, every single person in this building here today, in this room in here today, everyone in the live streams that we have going on through Instagram, through Zoom, Facebook, wherever you are right now, we just want you to know that we are so honored to serve you today. We're so glad that you're here. And if it's your first time, put it in the comment section like, yo, this is my first time here at DTDM Bible Study, and I'm just so excited. I don't know what you're gonna do. I don't know what God's gonna do, but listen, man, I am so excited. And let me tell y'all something. I don't know if I've ever been more excited and more nervous to do a Bible study since we started this. This is our second time having people in person here um, and also streaming online at the same time. God's been going from glory to glory. But this is the first time since we started doing these Bible studies that I legit, like, we started a teaching that I had no idea was going to affect me the way that it affected me. And if you've been following us on social media, you've seen our story, you know that today we're going to be talking about a, a teaching entitled 1%. Everybody throw your ones up. What well, yeah, Throw your ones up. I see you. I see you. I see you. Now, all of my sports fans, y'all know, when we wear you know, a little one finger and you put up the one finger, you're like, yo, we're number one. We're number one. But I'm telling you, we're going to change the perspective on what it means to come for that 1% today. So what we're going to do a little different than normal, uh, we're going to dive into prayer. I want to pray really quick, and I hope you guys will pray with me. If you're in the building, bow your heads. If you're online, put your phones down and lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you because you are the author and the finisher of our faith. God, you are the beginning and the last and everything in between. Father, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are Elohim. You are Adonai. You are the great lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus, you are everything that we need. You are the I am that I am. So, Father, when we are low on the inside, Father, you are the, the, you are the substance that fills us up. So, Father, we thank you, God, for bringing us here today to another Bible study. We thank you, God, for bringing us into a place where we can increase in faith and learn more about you. And, God, we just pray in Jesus' name that you will be with us, that you will open up our ears to hear your Holy Spirit, that you will give us eyes to see when you're moving. And, Father, impact us like we never have before. Father, we come into this live, into this live in person today with expectation because we know that the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Guys, listen. When I tell y'all that this insecure series has been lit, great players, I don't know if y'all been blessed by it, but I've been blessed by it. Because God's been exposing some things in my own personal life. I'm like, dang, I didn't really know you know, I was a little insecure in that department. Because some people think that insecurities is just a visual thing. Some people think that insecurities is just something that, you know what, it's just how I feel. But sometimes insecurities are the things that you lack and the things that you don't have. Like you can be insecure because you don't have belief. Just like you can have insecurities because you lack faith. And so we've been talking about this man named Gideon. That's a real dope name. I don't know. I think Gideon is a really dope name. What up, Gideon? I just call it like that. What up, Gideon? You know what I'm saying? That's a dope name, Gideon. And we've been diving in the last two weeks. We've been diving into our Insecure series, specifically talking about Gideon. Today, we're going to dive even deeper. This whole series about insecurity and being insecure was specifically about challenging what it means to be insecure and understanding that our insecurity is not something we should run away from, but it's something that should always lead us to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is our security. If y'all haven't been with us these last few weeks, write that down. Jesus is your security. Because at times we feel insecure, we lack security in certain areas, we have to remember that Jesus is our security. It is because of that that gives us the ability to step out by faith and do things that we've never done before. It is not by your strength. It is by the strength of the one who is in you. John chapter 14 begins to talk about this understanding. It says the spirit of God that lives on the inside of you does things that you cannot do. Why? Because Jesus himself lives on the inside of you. So by this, we understand that you can do great exploits in Jesus' name. You can do supernatural things in Jesus' name. You can do so much, but it's in Jesus' name. Today, we're going to be talking about a teaching entitled 1%. Now, I had no idea when I was putting this message together, the title came to me a little bit later than usual. Uh, this week, I didn't know we were going to dive into this section, but I couldn't stem away from something that I read in Scripture. And I kept seeing 1%. It wasn't until the end of the week, literally yesterday and today, I started feeling like, man, I feel, I feel really tired. Have y'all ever gotten to that place where like, you went through the whole week and you're just like, man, I feel so tired. I don't understand why I feel so tired. I mean, everything I do was just routine. It was just regular. It was stuff I do. Why am I feeling so tired? And then yesterday, the Lord dealt with me. Now, listen, I'm not one of those preachers that, like, you pick up something, you start talking about it. Like, give me a ball. And the Bible says that when you bounce the ball like Toby, and you throw the ball in, and you yell, I don't really do that. But what I do know is that sometimes God will use things in life to teach us valuable lessons. I was on Instagram, because you know, Instagram is Instagram is, 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 a, is a God thing, right? And when I was on there, I was scrolling through my feed. I was looking at different stuff. I was responding to different people online. And then all of a sudden, my phone died. Now, I don't relate to this, especially my iPhone junkies. I don't know too much about Android. If you have an Android, we're going to keep you in prayer. Because what we do know out here in these Los Angeles streets, okay, 
is that an apple a day keeps the doctor awake. Amen? Amen. So I ended up getting, I picked up my iPhone, I scrolled through it, my iPhone died on me. It's the worst feeling when you're doing something that you're enjoying, and then your phone cuts off. If, listen, if you don't feel the worst experience, you lie to yourself. It's the worst, because then you got to plug it in, and you got to wait for it to come back on. And I went to go get my charger, and when I got my charger, I plugged it in, and when I plugged it in, I sat there, and I looked at it, and I said, wait a second. Why does the little red part, you know when you plug in the battery, you can click the button, and it'll tell you that it's dead, and then when you plug the charger in, you have to wait for it to get juice? I feel like it was a red why, why don't you redeem it? Why is it that you can click a phone and the phone can tell you that it's dead even though the phone is supposed to be dead? Y'all ever thought about this? When you plug in the phone, it restarts it. But when your phone dies, and let's say you don't recognize it, when you click the phone, the little red icon comes up. Y'all seen it. If you were on the stories, you saw the picture of the phone with the little red like. Little, little percent of the battery left. And I thought to myself, wait a second. This phone is supposed to be dead. It's supposed to be dead. Why is it that the phone is showing the red if it's supposed to be dead? And this was the first time in all my couple years that I realized that the phone wasn't really dead. Did you know that your phone is not dead until it's unresponsive to the actions it's supposed to do? When you plug in the phone, then the phone restarts. And that was when I realized that every time I saw 1% on the phone in the top right corner, it wasn't really 1%. This was the first time I realized that 1% is the last portion of battery use that you can use on a phone or any type of instrument that uses to tell you, hey, this is all we have left. Write this down. 1% represents all that you have left. We're reading today from Judges. We've been talking in Judges, Judges chapter 7. It's a little lengthy. I'm going to talk in little segments, but I want to read this through because this is very important for us to grab together. You're not out of it until you exhaust all of it. Judges chapter 1, excuse me, Judges chapter 7 and verse 1. It starts by saying, so Jerubbabel, that is Gideon, as we've been talking about, and his army got up early and went as far as the spring of Herod. The armies of Midian, which we talked about the last three weeks, had camped now north of them in the valley near the hill of Moreh. And the Lord then said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israel will boast to me that they themselves have saved themselves by their own strength. Therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid and afraid, they may leave this mountain and go home. So 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000. But the Lord then told Gideon, there are still too many. Bring them down to the place of spring, and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. Verse five, when Gideon took his warriors down to the water and then the Lord told him, divide the men into two groups. In one group, put all of those who, who cut water in their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. In the other group, put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in a stream. 
Only 300 of these men drank from their hands. All, all of them and all the others down to their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. The Lord then told Gideon, with these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all of the others home. So Gideon collected his provisions and the ram's horn and all the other warriors and sent them all home. But he kept the 300 men with them. The Midianite camp was in the valley just below Gideon. That night, the Lord then said, get up to Gideon. Go down into the Midianite camp where I have given you victory over them. Read verse 10 and 11 and we're done. But if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant, Pura. Listen to what the Midianites are saying and you'll be greatly encouraged. Then you'll be eager to attack. Now we've been diving into this series. This insecure series talking about what does it mean to be insecure. And we learned that Gideon was insecure because of his fear and his lack of faith. He was like, dang, I don't really know if I can do this, God. So you might have to pick someone else because I'm not sure that I can do what you call me to do because of my lack of fear. The reason why we're telling this one percent is because something is happening in this story that many of us can identify with. A lot of us don't realize that more often than not, God doesn't want your 100%, but sometimes God just wants your 100% of one. I'm going to start reading here from verse 2. Verse 2, it says, then the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors. Now, at this particular time, they were going to battle. We've been reading this for the past three weeks. And now we finally got to a place where Gideon chose to submit to God. He was like, yo, I'm going to do this. I'm going to step out on faith. I'm going to trust God and I'm going to go and do what God was calling me to do. God might be calling you to do A, B, C, D, or E, F, G in this season. Whatever it is that God is calling you to do, when you finally get to that point, like we spent time talking about last week, now we see where Gideon is. Gideon then says, all right, I'm about this life. I'm going to go and I'm going to go to battle because God is with me. And then he's like, let me get my luggage and me myself. I got my boys. All right, so let's go. And Jesus, God stopped him and then said, Gideon, wait, 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 hold on. You have too many warriors with you. Why is this so important? Here's a question for you. Why isn't that often God will call you into purpose, but then he tells you that you cannot bring your advantage? The reason that he does it is because God always wants you to know and others to know that we can't do anything without him, but it is by his strength. Gideon's advantage was under the number of people that he had at his disposal. He felt that he had enough people that he could rationalize the outcome. Now, some of us, we can really identify with this. Because truth be told, I've done it. A lot of us have done it. Where we just feel like, you know what? Uh, I think what I'm going to do is, maybe if I just add two here, subtract one, take away that $20 bill. At the end of the day, I think I can pull these numbers together and then I can pay for that thing I need to pay for. Then I can pay for that bill that I got to pay for. When we start rationalizing different things, what happens in situations like that is often we come out of it proud. And we start saying stuff like, dang, thank God my math is good. Thank God I'm good with numbers. Thank God I knew how to figure that out. And what ends up happening is we rob God of the glory. Although Gideon was humble in his approach, the people of Israel were not. This is so important because it teaches us as believers that sometimes it's not all about you. It's not all about what you're doing and how you're going to go about doing it, but it's also about how you affect those around you. 
God was teaching Gideon that even though you were humble, I need you to understand that the people will not see that it was me who did this. That I was the one that was about to deliver you. And so he did that and he realized, okay, I got too much. Well, then I got to figure this out. Write this point down. Your problem is God's solution, not your answer. Your problem is God's solution, not your answer. This carries so much weight. Because you have to realize that when you get to a point where you realize that your current problem is actually God's responsibility to solve it, and you have to take away the most important element at the end, which is it is not your responsibility to fix it. God is the one who fixes all things. He is the answer and the solution. Many of us want to be the problem, the solution, and the answer. And we get in the positions like getting we're like, yo, I can figure this out. I can punch all these numbers together and then I can figure it out. But what God wants us to understand today is that it's not you, it's me. I'm doing something in you. I'm doing something in you. So it says here, now he touched them, you have too many people. There's too many. Verse 3, therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid and afraid, may they leave this mountain and go home. So 22,000 of them went home leaving, and only 10,000 were remaining there to fight. And this is so powerful because I come to a place to where now I understand that God is doing so much in our lives, even when we don't see it. At first, I saw the 22,000. I was like, wow, there was 22,000 people there. But when you read the language, it actually says that 22,000 left. So there was more than 22,000 people. When you do the math, at the end of the day, we found out that 300 of these people left. And if you add up all the numbers between the 22,000, the 10,000, and the 300, and you minus them at the end, you will realize one very important thing. The amount of people that Gideon was left with was less than 1%. When you look at the numbers and you pick them up, you're like, and my guy had 100% to start. He had everything he thought he needed to get past the situation. But somehow God said, wait, wait, wait. This is not enough. In verse 4, it says, but Gideon then told the Lord a second time after he took 22,000 soldiers away. Let's, let's, let's put that in like layman days terms, right? Let's say you got, I don't know, 40,000 in the bank. And you say, okay, you know what? I'm going to use this to pay down on the house. And God says to you, uh, appreciate you, but that is actually too much money. I'm going to take 22000 away from you and somehow the IRS finds you or somebody gets your bank account or you get some fraud and 22000 is just gone. Now, I will be tripping. I will be just tripping. But we got to put this in practical terms. 22000 was gone from the number. Then God said, he took 22,000. He said, but, but, but hold on, my God. Uh, there is still too many. There's still too many. He said, bring them down to the spring, and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. God will always strip you of unnecessary weight that will obstruct victory and steal God's glory. God will always strip you of unnecessary weight that will obstruct victory and steal God's glory. Yo, this is 
first time evaluated my life, and I said, wait a second. So you mean to tell me that anything that I felt like I could have done on my own was considered unnecessary weight? Yes. Because anytime you think you did something, or you could have done something on your own, not only are you taking away the victory that God has already paid, but you're taking away the glory that God wants to get. It was in this moment that it hit me like a ton of bricks, like, wow. All of this was less than 1%. In verse 5, it says, Now when Gideon took his warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, divide them. The reason why he told him to divide them was because he wanted to cause separation between what we think is ours and what belongs to God. He tells them, now divide these men into two groups. In one of the groups, put all those with cups and, and, and they drip water a certain type of way, separate them. This is some high-key natural selection here. He said, separate the people who like high-top fades and the ones who wear dreads. You know what? The ones who think they're fine, separate them too. And the ones that are acting funny, separate them too. God was so intentional about this. Why did he do this? Because he knew that by dividing Gideon from the things that he thought were his own, he would separate himself from what he thought was him and what he knew was God. When you step out of faith and step out on faith and you trust God in your insecurity, God will filter out all the obstacles and he will fight all the battles for you. That is so intentional. But he's requiring something of us. And it's somewhere in the process, it kind of sounds like God just wants us to follow him. And God just wants us to obey him. That's been our curse word of the month is obey. We'll come on some obey t-shirts. You be out here cursing people out with that word. And it's different because sometimes when you're disobedient, you miss out on the victory and the blessing. It is obedience that gives you access to everything that you want. In verse 6, it says, now only 300, only 300 of these men drank from their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths to the stream. The Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, I will rescue you. And when you take the mass from 22,000 plus the 10,000, put all the numbers together and you divide them from the bottom down, you'll find it was all less than 1%. This message was entitled, 1% because I realized that it's not until you're at the point of what 1% is that you realize that you had nothing else to give. God doesn't want your 99%. He wants one whole 1%. And if you can give God one whole 1%, God will make 99 out of it. Anything greater than 1% is too much. Can that, does that hit somebody different today? When you think about it, dude had 100%. He did not take 75%. He did not even take 90%. He took literally all of it except you. I found out that that last 1% is what the iPhone uses to tell you it's dead. The only thing that will indicate that you're at 1% is when the next thing is dead. It is at that particular point when you realize, like, man, I got nothing left. What else do I got to lose? What else am I going to do? 
How else am I going to function? I mean, where am I going to go? There's nowhere else to go. I got no one else to call. You're literally on my last leg. When you're at that point of death, you are at 1%. And for all of you that have been tracking with us since we started, that was our first ever Bible study. With at the point of death. And let me tell y'all something. When I was preparing this message, I was like, God, why do I feel like I'm just at 1%? Because God wants us all to understand one quick essential point. You can't do nothing without him. You can't live without him. You can't breathe without him. He's the one that sustains you. He's the giver of life. He's the giver of all things. He's the breath in your lungs. He's the dust that you were formed with. God is everything. He's all-encompassing. And until you get to that point, God's like, I don't want to use you. And this is why we land ourselves in uncomfortable positions. God, why aren't you working? And God's like, you're not ready for me yet. I want to put you in a place that you're so uncomfortable. Well, the only thing you have in your pocket is your insecurities. That I'm going to use that so much and so much that nobody can't say that it was me. The power behind this scripture is not knowing that all he wants is your one percent. It's in knowing that God is the fulfillment of the other 99. That when you have faith in God and obedience in him, he not only gives you access, but he gives you deliverance. This is so powerful. This is so powerful. Jump down right now to verse 9. It says, that night the Lord said to Gideon, get up and go down. Oh, write that down. He said to Gideon, get up and go down. Why did he say get up and go down? This is so important. It's interesting, right, to note that he said these two things. He said, get up and go down. He told him to get up and go down, to get up from the place of security and down into a place that feels insecure. Why? Because something always happens when you stand up and you go down. Something always happens when you go down. The Bible says that he who fights the battle on his knees shall win in the spirit. There's something about posturing yourself low. Get into a place to where nobody can see you. You're out here hiding. You're at home in your closet. Nobody can see you, but you're getting low. There is power in getting low. We've always said this, the height of success, right? It's found in the depth of humility. The deeper you go is the more you actually have access to. That was our whole in the series trenches. Our trenches in the series. Did I even say that right? In the trenches series. It was the whole thing. It was finding out how do you get low enough. You ever read that song? Get low, get low. Okay, now you're going to have The whole idea. <laughs> Hold on, let's restart. Start it over. Run it back, run it back, run it back, run it back. So, <laughs> you know, God's still working on me, sir. So I'll tell you, he's, he's, yeah, Chad knows that saying. We're working on that. But what I do know is that there's something powerful that happens when you choose to get low. He then told him, get up, get low. Always get low. When you don't know what to do, and you are at a place of 1%, and you have no other options. Where do you go? You get low. Get up from a place of soaking. Get up from a place of insecurity. Get up in a, from a place of doubt. Get up from a place of disbelief. Get up from a place of fear and get down on your knees and see God. There is always a way to find him, and you always find him in a posture of humility. Get up. And go down into the Midianite camp in verse 9. For I have given you victory over them. What did that tell us? That tells us that victory was already given. But the action to obtain the victory required him to get up and go down. 
Now we know that get up and go down was specifically talking about him getting out of the place he was and going down the hill to claim the victory. But it's also a spiritual analogy that will always find us. God will always place us above the enemy. That's why it says we are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. When you are in Christ, you are always greater than your enemies. The power to stand down when you realize that getting up means you have to respond to what God is telling you to do. He tells them, get up, go down into the place where I've already given you victory, but, 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 but. If you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant, Pura. Now this, this is where y'all take notes. This is very important because this right here teaches you that up until this point, if you've been tracking with us since we started this insecure series and we've been talking about getting, we, we now know that being insecure is not the thing that should prevent you from trusting God and prevent you from stepping on our faith, right? Right here, after all that that we started, that we learned, we see here that Gideon, even to the point where he's running down to claim the victory, he still is insecure. Now, this is you mean to tell me after you asked God for all the signs that we talked about last week, after you said yes and you learned what it meant to say yes to God, after you said, you know what, I'm about this time, you get to a point where now all you got to do is claim the victory and you're still insecure, this is so powerful. Being insecure has nothing to do with your progressing. Your obedience does. It is in this place we see here, but if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp where you'll find your servant pure. But if you're still afraid, but if you're still insecure, but if you still don't trust me, but if you still lack security, go down to the place where your servant is. Now, let me help you. I wrote this down. So I want to see this verbatim. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Hero was the servant of Gideon. Some people thought that the servant, at least in this particular position, was like, uh, he was like um, an armor bearer. An armor bearer is someone like an adjutant to the pastor. They serve the pastor or the leader, and they give them whatever they need, and they help them under every circumstance. He's like an adjutant, right? So some theologians believe that he was some type of armor bearer-like person to Gideon, right? So in other words, the armor bearer helps the master in whatever he needs. So Gideon was, Gideon was so excuse me, so God was so intentional, right? And he knew that Gideon was still going to be insecure. Let me tell you something. Your insecurities don't phase nobody. They don't phase God. He already been knew about that. He knows where you're at. He knows how you struggle. He knows what you need. He wants your one percent. The one percent is so much easier to give to God than it is to give him a hundred. It's so much easier. Write this point down. God will always provide the security you need once you move forward in obedience. He will always give you what you need so that you can trust him. But sometimes he'll strip you down of things that distract you so that you can finally say yes. Think about it. How many times have you chose not to say yes to God because you had so many other contending factors? I'm going to be so real with you today. When you are at 1%, there is nothing distracting you from accepting God except your choice. Write this point down. God will always send his word, no matter what. He'll always send it to you. If God always, if he calls you out of darkness into his marvelous light, he has a place of assignment and purpose for you. He will give you a word. And we know this because God helped Gideon fight through insecurity by sending his servant. God will help you to fight your insecurity by sending his word. 
the servant represented God's word. Because he told Gideon, Gideon, listen, if you're still afraid, like we just read, if you're still afraid, okay, this is what I need to do. Go find your servant and go down with your servant. That is God's word. When he says, now go find it, I'm going to send my word to you and follow it. You must always follow God's word. God sent the servant to Gideon and he sent his word to you. So God's word has to serve you in your season of insecurity. When you feel insecure to the point where you don't know what to do or how to go about moving forward or what your next step is, get on your knees and pray. And trust God with the 1% that you have. Take his word and run with it. He will always send it. The question is, will you take it when it comes? Verse 10, but if you are afraid to attack, go down with your servant. Now, as I sat there and I began to read, and I will bring this to a close. I want to just highlight a few important points. I started to look at the etymology of the word pura, which is the name of the servant, right? And I found out in Hebrew, pura or pera, with an apostrophe, means to bear fruit. This is so important. Pera means to bear fruit. It also means to branch out and to glorify. So God sent his word to Gideon in the form of his servants to bear fruit, to branch out, and to glorify. This is so powerful. This changes the game. Now we get it. Well, God is so intentional. He said, okay, I get that you're insecure. I'm going to send you my word. And when my word comes, it's going to do exactly what I needed to do. All you have to do is follow it. He sends his word in the form of his servant, Pera, which means bear fruit, branch out, and glorify. So God does this. Write this point down. God wants you to bear fruit. He wants you to branch out, and he wants you to glorify. He wants you to bear fruit, branch out, and glorify. So Gideon, three points. Number one, Gideon was able to bear fruit through submission. He was able to branch out through obedience. And he was able to glorify God through his actions. Yo, wait, is this crazy? Because every single one of us can find ourselves in the character of Gideon when it comes on to obedience. Find yourself. God wants you to identify what he's doing. We talked about this last week. So that you can be able to see, right, what God is doing in your life. And the Lord is saying in this moment, I want you to be able to bear good fruit. And the only way you can access good fruit is to be what? Submitted. Because trees come from being submerged into the soil. And they bear fruit once they're rooted. The only way for you to bear good fruit is if you're submitted to Jesus. And the only way to accept what God wants to do, the branch out in you, is to obey him. The branching is what leads to what God is producing. Because you chose to obey, you will always find the fruit. And when you find the fruit, you will realize that it started with your action. Because he chose to obey God, to bear good fruit, excuse me, to submit to him, and to move by his actions, he found out that his insecurities had nothing to do with what God wanted to do. But his insecurities represented his 1%. That thing that makes you insecure 
is the 1% of you that holds you back. And when you get to that point to where there's nothing left, you have to make that decision. Am I going to follow? Am I going to trust God? Am I going to move in obedience? Or am I going to remain stagnant and miss what God wants to do in my life? The key to overcoming, I actually write this point down. I want you to write this down. The key to overcoming insecurity is not getting rid of security. But the key to overcoming insecurity is getting past insecurity. If that don't hit you, ain't nothing out here I'm going to say is going to hit you. Because I was thinking when I started, I said, God, you know what? Maybe I just got to like, you know, I just got to like beat this insecure thing I got. You know, we're thinking about my fear. Like, God, I was like, I'm not built for this. I feel like, you know, I'm not called. I'm not worthy enough to do this. Like, God, I'm definitely not holy enough. Like, you know what, God? I think you should do someone else. But the Holy Spirit would not leave me alone. You know what God is tugging on you when he does not leave you alone. Your responsibility and response to when God calls you is not to over Excuse me, not to beat your insecurity, but your responsibility is to pass it. It's to say, I see you there, but I'm going to bypass you. How do you get past it? By submitting, by obedience, and by action. Oh my gosh, we're coming for it tonight. Y'all wondering, how do we get past insecurity? How do I get past these things that cause me to feel like I'm less than? How do I get past that feeling of inadequacy? How do I get past that feeling of doubt and disbelief? The thing that causes me to feel like I can't do it. Right here, by submitting to God, by obedience, and by actions. This is so powerful because it lets us know that God wants to do so much, but he requires at least 1%. I would never charge my phone unless I knew the battery was dying. And some of you will never come to God until you're depleted. And the honest truth is this. It's not until we get down to the bare naked last 1% that we can finally see, okay, God, that's all I have left. But blessed are those who do not see me. Jesus said to Thomas, he said, you see me because I'm before you. When Thomas said, let me see the holes in your hands and make sure he really is you. Let me, let me just see. He shows them. He says, oh, Jesus, it is you. And Jesus replied and said, yes, you believe. But blessed are those who that believe without seeing me. He's referring to us. Blessed are us who believe even though we can't see Jesus. We're blessed for it because God will give you what you need for your action of submission, obedience, and faith. I'm bringing this to a close. Stay with me. This is so important. This is so important. God will always provide the security you need to move forward once you are obedient. Write this point down. God will always send his word, no matter the condition. God will always help you to fight through your insecurity by sending his word. But God will never leave you stranded. He'll never leave you at 1% without a charge. Now, that's the worst feeling. When you're at 1% and you know you ain't got a charge. And you, you put it in airplane mode, you, you delete all the apps, you're like, you're like, God, give me this, let me just look at this, hold on, let me just hold on, God's like, no, 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 there's not, there's no, there's no number of apps you can remove to keep this 1% from dying because I'm the only thing that sustains you. God is the reason why he holds us at 1%, and many of you have been at 1% for a really long time. 
And the fact of the matter is this. God is waiting for you to say yes to him. He said this in verse 11. I'm going to bring this all to a close. That listen, when the Midianites are saying to you, listen to what the Midianites are saying, and you will be greatly encouraged. When you go down, then you will be eager to attack. When you go down, you'll be eager to attack. God will always put you in position to desire the thing that he desires for you. That's so good. Like, God, I don't know if I ever want this. I feel like, some of y'all got to get out of that I feel spirit. Like, it's, it's killing you. I feel like, you know what I'm saying, I just probably shouldn't wear my hair like this. I feel like I maybe should just not build that relationship. I feel like he's not good for me. I feel like she's taking away. I feel, y'all need to get away from that. I feel. Because sometimes there are certain things that are holding you down. And until you release it, God's like, what can I do when your hands are always full? Release what you're going through to God. Release your insecurity to Jesus. Release whatever it is that's hurting you on the end. Release it to him. God said, listen, I don't need anything else but you. I want you and your yes. And your yes comes with submission, obedience, and action. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. And it also goes on to say that faith without works is dead. Mm. So faith is coupled with action. And action can only be obtained if you submit to God. And the, the fruit of submission you can only obtain if you're obedient. And this is what we find Gideon today. Gideon is in a position where he has to say yes so that God can give him access. When you say yes to God, he gives you everything that you need. Today, I want you guys to understand this. This is so important. Because as I was coming in, I felt like I felt so drained. I really felt like I was at 1%. Like, just no lie. Team knows how I was feeling. I felt like, man, I don't know if I could do this. And it was at that moment, God gave me a word. And I called them over. I said, y'all, listen. I feel like somebody needs to hear this message. Because sometimes when you're feeling so low to where there's nothing you can give, is when God says, finally, now I can use you to do what I want to do in this earth. It is not about you. But when you submit to God, he makes everything about you. I want to encourage you guys today. Some of you are going through so many different things. Some of you, I see your faces there on the screen. I'm just like, man, some of you reached out and I know exactly what you're going through and it hurts. But I want you to understand that when you are at 1%, it's when God has the opportunity to do so much more. Allow God to take you out of a place of what's comfortable and put you in a position of what is uncomfortable. Because in that space where you can't do what you want to do and you can't do it the way you like to do it and you can't fit the puzzle the way you think it should fit, it's when God says, finally, I can paint an image that you couldn't see. And at the end of this road, God wants us to believe. And blessed are those who believe without seeing. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for another day that we get to come together to learn about you. Father, I've been saying this all week and it hits me different, but but this is this is not something that we dread to do every single week, but we, we, we get to talk about you. Father, thank you for the privilege that we have to get to talk about you. 
Lord, I just pray that this word was for who you needed it to be for. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fit it in the ears of those who could hear and plug it into the eyes of those who needed to see. I pray that you remove the blockages from our senses so that we could sense things clearly. And I speak to that spirit of feelings that overtake us when we desire to do what God wants to do in our lives. Father, we thank you, Lord, and I pray that you will continue that good work that you started in each and every single one of us and help us to be in a position to choose you when we are down and out. Father, help us to remain humble. Help us to go deeper. Show us that he who fights the battle on his knees shall win in the spirit and help us to walk into the victory that you have already given us. Father, we thank you, God, for helping us to overcome our insecurities by teaching us how to, over, to, to bypass these insecurities that you could push us into a place of complete dependence in him. Father, I thank you, God, for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to pray really quick for that one person who might be in a position where they're desiring to pursue God in a way they never pursued him before. That you, you want to know about this Jesus that we so boldly talk about. You don't know who he is. You don't know what he's about. I want to pray for you, and I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. Is that anybody in here and also here online as well? I'm going to pray for you. And if that's you, I want you to just repeat these words after me. Father, thank you for saving me, for giving me fresh perspective, for pulling me out of darkness into your marvelous light. I pray, God, that you would continue to grow in me, come into my life as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey family, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that it was a blessing to you. If you have any questions, comments, testimonies, or prayer requests, we would love to hear from you. Send us a message to the Detox Movement on all social platforms. And be sure to get your official Detox brand merch at thedetoxbrand.com. And above all things, family, remember that you are loved, you are blessed, you are beautiful, and most importantly, you are detoxified by God's amazing grace. And until next week, family, God bless you.